Hi guys and welcome back to the Boise Buys podcast. I'm recording this one in a bit of a different environment today. I'm recording it in my car because I've got the builders in my house at the moment. So there's just a lot of banging and nailing going on. That sounds absolutely mad. Didn't mean it in that way. But anyway, this today's episode is going to be about my first 2,000 days reselling. I'm just about to hit that mark. So I just want to uh, tell you about some lessons I've learned and yeah, pretty much just what I've learned in my first 2,000 days. So let's get into it. So I'm kind of going to do this in like bullet points of like what I've learned. So the first thing is communication is obviously key. Like when you first start, if you're going fully in, if you're just going to jump in and go, well, I wouldn't recommend going full time, but if you just go full time, it's a very lonely business if you don't know anyone else who does it. So I'd, the first thing I'd recommend doing is just going on to Instagram. If you haven't got one already, create one and just search for the hashtag reseller community or hashtag UK resellers and just get involved. Comment on some stories, send people reactions to their stories, comment on some posts, do some of your own posts with the hashtag and just get amongst it, to be honest, because you'll make some good friends. It's just better when you've got people to talk about. Like if you can talk about something you love with someone, it's worth it, isn't it? Like it's better than sitting at home, you listening to stuff on eBay and being like, haven't really got anyone to talk about it with. And like if you get a great sale, you can share it on there. People will like comment. The community is so nice as well. Like, obviously you get the the dickhead here and there, but I'd say 99% of the people are great. So I'd say definitely join that. Also, when you're out and about, if you're sourcing, if you're at the charity shops or the car boots, talk to other people there. Talk to the people who work there. I think I said this in my previous episode, but just talk to like the people who are working in the charity shop. Also, just talk to the other dealers at the car boot get to know what they're picking up not not because you're going to steal their stock but you can always have that knowledge in the future for maybe if you're a different car boot and you see it you can pick it up maybe sell it to them and make some quick cash if not you can sell it on ebay yourself or on amazon whatever you're doing so the best thing is just to talk to people it's like when i first started i didn't want to talk to anyone at all like i was a bit of a hermit I just wanted to go to the car boot, get my head down, pick up some stuff and take it home and list it. But it just gets lonely. I've got my old man to talk to about it, but he's at work most of the time. And I'm sure he gets a bit bored of like listening to if I've sold something for like, if I've sold hair wash for a tenner that I brought for a quid. It's not the most exciting sale in the world, but that kind of sale hypes me up. I'm like, God, I sold some fucking shampoo for, for a tenner all over that. But yeah, just just get out and talk to people, even when you're, even your mates and like their family, tell them what you're doing. They might have some stuff they want, they want to sell or everyone's got stuff they don't want. So they might be like, oh yeah, how much will you give me for this? But also this is the next lesson. Don't be afraid to say no to what people have got. Like when I first started, my nan was like, yeah, I've got these um plates. They're, they're probably worth a fair bit. You can just have them to sell. I literally had them for about three years. They were worth... I don't know, it might have been like 40, 50 quid for like a whole dinner service, but I was not going to be packing that up and sending it off. It's like 18 plates, like about 20 bowls, a couple of teapots. And like, I was like, yeah, this is definitely getting smashed in the post. So I think in the end, I just sold it at a car boot for like a tenner. But that just took up space for like two or three years. So literally just don't don't be afraid to say no. 
if if the deal isn't right for you as well, if if someone's like taking their time to take pictures of everything they've got, and then they ask for a price that's like, say it's selling for tight like two fifty, and they've offered offered it to you for like one fifty, but it's a load of work. Don't be afraid to say no. Just be like, ah, oh, it's not really the deal's not right for me, but thank you, I appreciate you for taking your time out of your day to take pictures and that, or just send them an offer. It's, there's nothing wrong with doing like even low ball people. That's going to be people are not going to agree with that. But if someone's asking like one fifty and you know you can get two fifty, so I'll give you seventy five, and just make just make it up that it's going to be really hard work or something, or even just like obviously they're probably not going to accept that. But even a hundred quid they'd probably accept. But yeah, just don't be afraid to say no to people, and also don't sell stuff on on behalf of anyone. Like, if your mates are like, oh, I've got this iPod I used to use. Can you just whack it on your eBay for you? Nah, sorry, mate. I'll buy it off you, but I won't sell it on, on your behalf. Because imagine you're sat there, especially when you first started, you're not going to be getting sales, maybe might not even get sales every day. Imagine like, you get a ka-ching on your phone from eBay, and it's literally like, it's not even your item. Maybe they'll give you a fiver for selling it. But it's just not worth it. And also, the fact that it returns... you people have got 30 days to return an item on amazon they've got even more never sell anything on amazon uh, on behalf of anyone because people can return it like a year later and then you're out of pocket and you're not going to ask for that money back from your mate you'll sound like a fucking right pikey so yeah and like if you're selling it on ebay what if it gets damaged in post what if it gets lost in the post you're just gonna you're gonna say to your mate oh, i got lost in the post and he'll be like yeah i'm still out of pocket so it might just bring up arguments or anything like that. So it's just not worth the ag. And it's not it's not like it's even hard to track on your accounting thing because you'll put it for as a sale, but then you'll be like, oh but it wasn't mine my sale. But I don't know what I don't know how you put that through on tax. it'll probably be alright, but I just think of it as a bit of a bull lake. So my rule is if your mates have got something to sell, offer it to buy it off them first and then sell it on because it's not worth the ag in the long run. And I feel like the more you do it, like I've done it a few times for a few of my mates, I feel like every time you sell something on behalf of someone, something goes wrong with it. I once, my ex-girlfriend, she, she sold like a TY beanie boo. I was like, yeah, I'll whack it on my account on, on behalf of you. Sold for like 40 quid, sent it off, it got lost in the post. So I was like, what do I do here then? Do I ref- well, I had to refund the customer because it got lost in the post. And I actually did because the tracking didn't update ever. So I had to refund them. I had like a 10 or £15 pound compensation. So I got that through. But I was 25 quid down. Because I'd already given the 40 quid to my girlfriend. I'm not going to ask for that back. Come on, love, just give it back. I'd lost it. So it's just not worth your time or your effort. So that's my first three things. Next thing I'd say is... This is the most important thing, or one of the most important things. When you're first starting, go to an account and, and just ask how to track your sales. I know it sounds a bit over the top, or even just watch some YouTube videos on how to set up a sales tracking like spreadsheet. Because I'm not going to lie, I didn't do it for the first two years. And when it comes to when you need to do your tax return, it's an absolute bull lake. I've got QuickBooks now, which helps a little bit, but... Still need to work on tracking your sales because in the long run, it like I said, it sounds over the top when you first start and when you like selling, even if you're selling two things a week for like 30 quid profit. But when you're selling that 
and that's coming through you're going to think oh, i can do more more of this and it'll grow and it'll grow the more sales you get the more you want to do so literally just get one set up track yourself track your profit track how much tax you're gonna to have to pay because in the long run it will save you a lot of time and a lot of ag because you don't want to have the tax man knocking on your door obviously he's not going to actually knock on your door but you know what i mean so definitely get an accountant or just get a sales spreadsheet set up because it will save you money and time my next thing is i learned is not to niche down too much when i first started i was mainly into the action figures and the toys and i'd literally just search for them like every now and then i'd I knew like the Crash Bandicoot um, PS1 game was worth money. I didn't know too much else though. So I'd literally just go to a car boot sale and search for like the toys. But there's so much competition there. Everyone's looking for toys because I feel like ev- everyone knows that they're worth money. Obviously you can niche down and and find the ones that people aren't looking at and they're actually worth money. Like I think there's, I want to say it's called Happy Land for Early Learning Centre. You can usually pick up them for a decent price. And then flip them. There you go. It's a bit of a bolo for you. Also, be, bolo is be on the lookout. So, yeah. But I'd say when you first start, just be a generalist. Go to a car boot and literally just look up stuff on the spot. Whether it's an alarm clock, whether it's a radio, a Barbie toy, a video game, some shampoo. Just whatever you can buy and sell at the start. I'd say literally just do everything. Because, like I said, when I was doing the toys, I'd... I'd go to a car boot and I might pick up four or five things a day. But if you're a generalist, you'll buy like, you You could probably fill your boot. Or fill, if, even if you don't drive, fill your backpack at least. Or fill one little granny trolley that I've got. <laughs> Look like a right weirdo, but it, it saves time going to the car and that. And you can carry more with you. So if you, I think I've already said, but get one of them if you can. They're about like 25 quid on eBay. You know, them granny trolleys that people have. So yeah. When you first start, be a generalist. Be open to buying and selling everything. But choose whether you want to be doing bulk, big, bulky items or just small ones. I'd say I'd recommend looking into the big, bulky items as well because there's more profit in them and not everyone's selling them on eBay. And also, sometimes you can get them on Gumtree or Facebook because they, people don't want to post them. And you can learn on YouTube how to package them up and post them easily. Like record players, there's, I think his name's Craigslist Hunter. He's got a YouTube video on how to pack up record players and send them off. So if you could if you could be on Facebook or even just at the car boots picking up the record players, testing them, making sure they work, then you'd, have, you'd know a lot more than other people on how to package them up so they didn't get damaged in shipping. So there you go. There's just literally be a generalist. I know I keep saying that, but... That's what I am. I believe it's the best way to be. There's obviously people are very successful when they do like clothing and that, but I feel like clothing's a big niche. You're not just like not being like right. I'm just gonna sell t-shirts. You're gonna pick up anything that you know's worth money, like the jackets and that. I don't. I don't know too much about this, but I've got a couple of guests who have said they're gonna come on, who are just predominantly clothing. So when they come on, they'll tell you a lot more about this. Obviously not this episode, but it'll be in the future. And these people are like top of their game. So some very exciting stuff to come to the podcast. And I can't wait for it. Next thing is, this it sounds so B-tech and school, school-like, but 
treat others how you want to be treated. Don't be at the car boot just shouting at people and giving them dirty looks. Like if someone, if you ask someone the price of an item, say it's a, I don't know, a Sony Walkman that you know goes for like twenty quid. If they say they want fifteen quid for it, don't be like, oh no, fuck that, I ain't getting that. Just be like, oh thank you, I appreciate it. Would you take tenner for it? Would you take eight quid? If they say no, just be like, all right, no worries, have a good day. Because I feel like you just got to be nice to people. What's the point in being a dickhead to them? It's their item. They can ask whatever they want for it. They could ask 400 quid for it. They own it. They probably wouldn't get the sale. They definitely wouldn't get the sale. But it's their item. You can't just be like, oh, you're overpricing that. It's their thing. So whatever price it is, take it or try and knock them down a bit if it's reasonable. But don't take it personally when someone asks too much for an item. Happens all the time. You'll be at the car boot and you'll be like, I sometimes even just use a thing, oh yeah, I'll have a think about that, but thank you anyway. They know full well you're not having to think about it, but I think they just respect the fact that you've not reacted badly to their bad price or anything like that. So yeah, just treat others how you want to be treated. Next thing is time saving. There's so many things I've learned about time saving. Even The first thing was literally getting a printer. When I first started, I didn't actually have a printer. Actually, I think I might have. I don't know to be honest but I got a new printer within like a year of actually being a reseller and it's just a lifesaver get a get an ink, a laser jet printer because if you get an inkjet you're gonna have to replace a cartridge like probably one a month one every month and a half for like 20 25 quid but if you get a laser jet you'll probably pay a little bit more for the printer and the and the uh, toner cartridges are about 40 to 50 quid but a toner cartridge will probably last you eight to eight months to a year, depending on how many sales you get. If you're just doing it part-time, it'll probably last you over a year. So it, in the long run, it's worth it. And if you do have an inkjet printer, don't buy the the um, cartridges new off of like WH Smiths and that, because you can get them on eBay out of the packaging, still sealed, but out of the cardboard box packaging, and you'll pay like, six to ten pound for them instead of like 25 to 30 quid so always look at it i think when you search on ebay you search for like new other and then obviously if you've got hp like if you've got hp 364 you'll search that and it'll come up with all the ones like that and you'll be saving like you'll be paying like half the price or sometimes even less if you're buying them in like in bundles so that's just another nice tip so if you've got a inkjet printer save you time and money just like, because if, you, if you're buying them in bundles, you'll have some left for when for when you run out in the future. So it'll save you going to the shop and all that. It's just definitely worth it. And once you've got a printer, obviously some people have a label printer. I haven't actually got one, so that would probably save me a lot of time and effort. But I'll just use the four label pages. So it's like an A4 label page, and it's got four labels in it pretty self-explanatory and i use that for my labels i just print them off of the royal mail website use a click and drop account or if, if i'm using ebay i just buy the postage straight off of the website and i'll just literally print them off and you can peel it off instead of cutting it out and taping it on that just wastes so much time and if you haven't got a printer writing it on every single parcel i've got a couple of mates that do do it but they 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 know they know they need to get a printer in the future because it will just save them so much time. Say if you've got forty parcels to do in a day, 
you've got to make sure you get every single address right. And, like, you've got to make sure your handwriting's neat. Just waste so much time when you can just click, 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 pay for your postage, print it off and slap it on there. Which, so, obviously, get... That's my... I don't even know what I'm saying now. Obviously, what I've just said, that's my next tip. More time-saving. People worry about how much they're paying for bubble wrap and all that kind of thing. I made a, po- I made a post on my Facebook page saying, does anyone have any excess or does anyone get on a regular basis any excess bubble wrap or packaging material? And I posted it and people were getting back to me straight away. People would rather give it to you than either chuck it in a bin or I, I don't know if it's easy to recycle bubble wrap. But yeah, they'd rather give it to you than chuck it in landfill. So if you just make a post on your local's people, local people's page or even your local for sale page, I'm sure people would definitely get back to you and say, oh yeah, I run this blah, blah business and we get packaging supplies. You can pick them up or I can drop them off to you, whatever it is. And maybe even just offer them, I don't know, a fiver for them or something like that. Or when you go there, if you make a contact, just like keep them sweet, maybe after you've been there for a while, if you keep doing it on a recurring basis for Christmas, getting some chocolates. Or when you, if if it's been a couple of months, getting a bottle of wine, something like that. Because it's probably saving you, what, 15 quid a roll of bubble wrap. And they'll be giving it to you for free. So that, I feel like it's a great tip. Not to blow my own, blow smoke up my own arse. But yeah, I'd say definitely do that. Also, people say to me when they first start, I haven't got any boxes. How do you get your boxes? When I first started, literally, well, I still do this, your corner shops, they get stock in, like, I don't know, weekly or daily, and they have all these cardboard boxes lying about. Just go in there and be like, when you get your cardboard boxes, can I please take some of them? And they'll they'll be happy to give them to you. Because the one I went to, they had to actually pay to get rid of them. So they'll li- you can literally fill your car, and they'll be over the moon with you taking them. Either go in there in the morning or something, or just when you hear this, go in there and be like, in the future, can I have some bas- some basketball, I was going to say, some cardboard boxes? I'm sure they'll say yes. If they don't, go to the next one. Someone will definitely say yes. I reckon the first person will. So that's an easy way. Instead of you having to pay, I don't know how, even know how much boxes are, because I've never brought a box in my life. And I've been doing it for five years. I've never brought cardboard boxes to set, to send stuff away in. Not even Amazon shipments. That's the next thing. If you're looking for big Amazon boxes, get the names for local where- warehouses. Even either go there, or because it's COVID, I'm guessing at the moment, you could probably drop an drop them an email. Just get a bulk amount of warehouses emails, and just me- message them saying, "Hi, I'm, I, I resell re- locally, or I run a bit of business locally, and I need large um, cardboard boxes. Do you have any that?" I could take on a weekly basis or even just have you got any at the moment that I could take and they'll probably be over the moon to take them the my old man runs a warehouse so I get mine from his but I used to work in that warehouse and they used to literally just burn them so I'm pretty sure they'd be happy to give them to you instead of burn them or instead of I don't know putting them in landfill or whatever they do with them because even if they're recycling recycling them they're going to be building up in a warehouse and they'd probably run out of space so they'd probably be over the moon with you taking them so that's just that's just i feel like you've got to do that if you can get packaging for free especially in the early days before you get vat registered and that before you can 
claim back the money for the... Well, obviously, when you're a business, you still can claim back how much you've paid. But in the early days when you haven't got much money or when the sales are hard to get, you don't want to be spending out on boxes or bubble wrap and that kind of thing. So that's my tips for the time saving. Also, if you're doing Amazon, when you're doing your shipment, people will agree with me here. Like, you do your shipment, then you label your items. And I used to, as I was labelling them, put them in a box. But you get to the end and you confirm your shipment and they'll be like, yeah, you, you would have already taped it up and everything. And then they'll be like, yeah, these two units need to go to a different warehouse. So you have to open up the box, dig through the box and take out the units and then reweigh the box and everything. So my tip is just label the items or label the items or print the labels and then confirm and then start labelling the items because it will tell you how many shipments your items are going in. If it's just one, you're all good. If it's two, you need to separate them out, separate them out first and then it will just save you time of obviously cutting them up, cutting the boxes up and taking the items out and having to reweigh. So I feel like that's just a time-saving thing. Also, it's not really time-saving, but I think I said this in my last episode, get to the car boot early. If you're going to be buying stuff from the car boot, literally just get there as early as you can. And don't be afraid. Just I, I When I'm there, I just ignore everyone else who's there, apart from obviously the sellers. Don't, be, don't get caught up on what other people have picked up. Do you see someone walking away with... For example, like some Adidas Vapor, Adidas Vapor Max. They're definitely Nike Vapor Max. So I had a bit of a mare there. You see someone walking away with them. They've paid three quid. They're worth a hundred quid. You, it wasn't meant to be. You didn't get it. So don't get caught up on it. I used to get caught up on it all the time. I'd be like, oh fuck's sake, I missed an item for three quid. But you were never there. It's not like he Nick. He's grabbed it out of your hands, and now is now he's got the money. If people do that, you know you can muscle them away <laughs> nah, but anyway yeah so don't get caught up on what other people have got concentrate on you at the end of the day look at what you've got and you've probably made potential a couple of hundred quids profit at least just from getting to the car boot early filling your boot and potentially making money so just concentrate on yourself i feel like that's even just a rule in life don't don't look what other people are doing and get jealous or and but look at other what other people are doing and get inspired like for example i look at people who've got a mad podcast and i'll be like i want to be like that one day and i've just started and i know it'd take me years to get to that but i'm up for the challenge so like you'll see people at the car boot and they'll have handfuls of like box lego sets that you know are worth like crazy money but they've probably been doing it for years they know what they're looking at they've they've got their early they've got talking to the sellers They've become buddies with the sellers and got the items. So literally just concentrate on yourself. And then the last thing I'd say is don't waste your own time. When I first started, I was all over it. Like I'd be, I'd just be, I didn't have set hours. Set hours is a thing you need definitely, but I'll talk about that in a bit. But just literally as you're self-employed now, if you've gone full time, you need to be putting in serious hours. Like, you'll work more hours than you did in your previous job because it's just like you need to put in the work to make the money. You can't be lounging about in bed, oh, I have this week off because I'm self-employed. Yeah, you have the week off, but you won't make any money or if any money. You can't just be lounging about. 
you're not going to make the money you want to make in the future and your business isn't going to grow if you're just sat in bed watching Netflix or you're sat in bed, I know, on Facebook and all that kind of shit. So literally just don't waste your own time. Like like I said a minute ago, set yourself working hours. I know you think, oh, I'm self-employed now, so I can work when I want. Yeah, you can work when you want if you don't want to achieve your goals. So I literally set my thing of like, I'll get up at 8, or sometimes I even get up at 10. But I'll get into my office by like 9 or... It depends what what time I get up, at 9 or 11. And I'll stay in there until around 5 o'clock. Because then you've got like at least 5 or 6 hours in there of actually getting work done. And don't... Even on your lunch break, give yourself a like, I don't know, 20-minute lunch break or something like that. Get yourself some food and that. But don't overdo it. Don't whack on a YouTube video. YouTube is so good and so bad at the same time. Like, I'll put on a YouTube reselling video and at the start I'd be like, oh, I'll just have these running in the background. But you get sidetracked, like, with everything. You'll be watching it along and then you'll look at the clock and you'll be like, oh, shit, I've been watching it for about three hours. I haven't done any listings. So you have to work late. You've got to pick up the hours because, like I said earlier, if you're not, if you want to achieve your goals... You can't be slacking. But also on the other side of thing, make sure you schedule off time. Because once you're fully into it, you'll just want to search all hours of the day. I still do it. Like, I don't know how long I spend working a day, but I'd say I'm non-stop looking for deals. Because you, you get addicted to it. As soon as you find a deal that you can make money on, you'll want to find the next deal. So maybe make it so like after you've got back from your car boots at the weekends... You could either list your items or at least take pictures of them and then have the rest of the day off with the family. Or when you finish at five in in the weekdays, have the rest of the night with the family. Try and switch off from the reselling as much as you can. You won't be able to do it completely, to be honest, because from my own experience, when you're fully into it, like I said, you'll just be absolutely loving it. And the last thing I'd say is make a plan. I've, I know as my last episode was all about making a plan, but you need to know what car boot sales and what charity shops are the best around you. You need to know if there's a vintage wholesale place, if you're into clothes, if there's a local one of them, if you can go there and sort out a deal with them where you'll spend a certain amount every week or every month and you'll be able to handpick the warehouse. You need to find out about them, them kind of contacts. Like, for example, when you first start, I'd say just literally search up car boots near, get get a list going. If you've got a car, obviously, that's a lot better. But even if not, you're going to have to just get the bus or something like that. I've never had to come to that, so I can't co- comment on that too much. But if you've got a car or if you've got someone who can drive you there, literally just make a plan for the week. There's there's midweek car boots as well. Not a lot of people know that who actually don't already go to them. So you could probably even find a car boot, like three or four midweek car boots. So you could plan, like, plan your whole week ready for like making money. But obviously, even when car boot season's not on, you can be finding deals on Facebook Marketplace, finding deals on eBay, which I, I do a lot of buying on eBay, flipping back on eBay or buying it on eBay and flipping on Amazon. You can be finding stuff on Gumtree. You can put your own adverts out on Facebook. 
there's so many ways to find deals. People are always looking to get rid of stuff, in it, obviously, for money or even just to declutter. Some people just give away their stuff just because they want the space. So literally, there's so many ways of making money these days. That actually just amazes me as well. Like, for example, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day on WhatsApp and he was telling me about how his business is, he runs up, he runs like videos on Facebook, like he shortens down the YouTube videos and runs like people's Facebook pages for him. And I just find it amazing that there's so many different businesses out there now. And like people are doing podcasts, podcasts, sorry, for like, and that's their main job. People who are doing YouTube, it still amazes me that people are doing that. And people were just like, it is a Gary Vee thing. And it? it's like, if you are really into Smurfs, you could make money talking about Smurfs. There's going to be thousands of people who are interested in them as well. Like, I'm interested in car boot sales and reselling. I'm sure there's thousands of people that are also. Like, there's, like, you, like you now, you're listening to it. And thank you for listening along. But whatever you're interested in, I just say go for it. Why not? Why, what are you scared of, like, failing? Who cares? Like, you might lose a bit of money, who, but at least you'll know you've given it a good go. And more than likely, if you're passionate about it, you're going to succeed in it. So, sorry about that. That was a bit of a tangent at the end. But I just I just think, whatever you want to do, just start it now. Especially now in the lockdown. Still got two weeks of this little bit of lockdown. So, if you want to start your own podcast, do it now. If you want to start your own blog, do it. If you want to start reselling, do it now. Literally, it's the best time to start better than ever just talking about oh I'm gonna start a podcast in the future no you're not you're thinking about it you've seen other people are doing it but you just need to start it I'm literally recording this on my phone now and I'm not talking about talking about it like I'm on my high horse like I'm getting thousands of views or listens because I don't but I literally just think start what you want to do literally if you've been thinking of being a twitch streamer start that start with one viewer if you get one viewer, you should be happy with that. That's one person who's decided to watch along with you whilst you're playing your game. But anyway, sorry, I've gone on, on a tangent there. And all I was talking about today is what I've learned in my first 2,000 days of business. So thank you guys for listening along. Sorry about going off on a tangent there at the end. Going on a bit of a motivational thing there. But thank you guys. And thank you for listening to all of my previous podcasts. If you haven't, check them out. I've also released a website where I'm selling sports cards. It's www.clickright.co.uk. Clickright is spelled C-L-I-C-K-W-R-I-G-H-T. So check that out if you want to get some sports cards. And thank you guys for listening and I'll see you on the next episode.